Well, if you're here and you've got your copy of God's Word, we're going to start out in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16, while they're taking their seats. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, during this weekend of Thanksgiving, we're overwhelmed with gratefulness uh, as to who you are and what you're about, and that you allow us to be a part of it. And so, Father, we thank you for rescuing us from the clutches of sin. We thank you for setting us free and allowing us to live a life of freedom, even though we don't deserve it. And Father, we pray that uh, as we go throughout the rest of this service, that you would have your will and your way with each of us. And Father, I pray that when we leave here, we'd be more like you. Father, I pray that you would feed your people. And Lord, I pray that you would use me to do it. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, if you've been here for any length of time or been visiting, it's no secret that we're going through a, a series on discipleship. Uh, but uh, every year I like to take a pause at Thanksgiving and have a Thanksgiving-themed service where uh, just do some reflecting uh, over over the last year and being grateful thank, for things that the Lord is doing amongst us. And so uh, we're going to start out in the book of First Thessalonians, but there's just a couple uh, glaringly obvious things that are that are out there that I want to lead off with and uh, just to kind of loosen you up a little bit. Is it not a great week to be a Wolfpack fan? I mean, really? I mean, at the, at the, at the core of everything that's really important, just a great day to, to, to be wearing red. Uh, and it's a, it's a great day not to be wearing purple. I mean, just to, we're all just friends here. Uh, anyways, that's just to loosen you guys up and uh, poke a little fun at you. Uh, you know that uh, at, the, at the core of it, uh, I mean, it really is important, but I mean, it's not as important as other things we'll get to. Um, uh, most of the weeks, y'all have y'all's fun anyways, so lay off. This is our week. Uh, anyways, moving on to uh, more important things. Uh, I tell you, it was hard to think back this year uh, because the last 60 days have been so intense in our town uh, with the flood. It's hard to think past what life was like uh, before it flooded twice in two weeks. And so uh, I'm sure that I couldn't remember all the way back. Uh, but one of the things uh, that I enjoy doing uh, is speaking to high school students and people that are just starting into college. And uh, if I get more than one shot at them, if I get a series of messages that I get to preach, uh, one of the overwhelming questions that uh, college students and towards the end of their high school career questions that they have is um, they're trying to map out what life is going to look like once they finish school. And the glaring question is, what is God's will for my life? Right? You've got these students who are growing in the Lord and they want to know uh, what God's will is for their life so that they can take the right step as they move forward. And uh, there's a couple places in Scripture where the Bible plainly says, this is God's will for your life. Uh, there's about seven of them where he specifically says, this is what his will is. And it's not an exhaustive list, but everybody likes to put their finger on a page and say, okay, this is, this, God is using the same language as me, and this is God's will for my life. And so I'm going to just jump back in to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 15, and I'm going to read through verse 18 to kind of set the framework for why we're doing what we're doing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 15 says this, See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so if you're here and you want to be in the middle of God's will for your life, one of the things that you can walk away doing this week is 
In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so if you're ever sitting at home and you go, man, I wonder what God would have me do right this instance. Well, one of the small things he would have you do is to give thanks in whatever situation you're in. Okay? Doesn't matter what situation you're in, give thanks. Because listen, gang, after the things we've seen, there is any situation that you can be in, even if you're in what you think is as bad as it gets, you can look around and see someone that has it worse than you and you can give thanks. And I don't think it's always wrong to give thanks when you look around and you go, wow, I'm glad I don't have it quite as bad as they do, right? That sounds very fleshly, but it's not always a bad thing to give thanks to God because you have it better than someone else. That's not always a bad thing. Now, right, don't don't read into that too far and go play in the comparison game. Like, wow, I'm glad I got it a lot better than them. Their life stinks. Like, that's not what I'm going after. But listen, when uh, when we went around the table at Thanksgiving and everybody was saying what they were thankful for, uh, it wasn't at my house, so I wasn't in charge. So I ended up being the second person in line, which I don't like to do. I like to be last, right? So you can have some time to think. Uh, so it gets to me right away. What are you thankful for? I'm like, wow, I'm supposed to say something profound, I think, but I don't have anything. Um, you know, at that point, I'm really just glad that my family is all alive and present and not crying or, uh, we're not mad at each other. Like, like that's really at the heart of it. What I'm thankful for is that we're all happy and together at Thanksgiving. And what came to my mind first is, you know what? I'm thankful that my house is dry. Like, that, that may be shallow, but my goodness. This Thanksgiving, when we sat around the table, it was, wow, I'm glad. I spent my birthday underwater, and I'm glad now at Thanksgiving to be relaxed at a table with food, not stressed out, and it's dry. And that's what I was thankful for. And there's nothing wrong with that. And um, so, in all things, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to go back to the book of Psalms. This is I'm going to start in Psalm 103. And Psalm 103 says this. This is more of some of the more serious things that, uh, as, I, as I racked my brain, what I was thankful for over the course of this year. I'm going to read Psalm 103, starting in verse 8, all the way through uh, verse 14. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strife with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. And so... I don't know about a lot of you guys, but uh, I feel like I've I've done some growing this year in my spiritual walk, and it seems that the Lord kind of walks me through peaks and valleys when I'm growing in my faith. Uh, I walk through peaks where I go, hey, you know, things are uh, things are going pretty good. I look around and I go, wow, you know, uh, compared to how I was before, I'm uh, I'm doing a little better than I was. And then it, the Lord brings me back down to reality, and He shows me. He says, hey, you may, but you're still a pretty wretched guy. Uh, you may think you have X, Y, and Z put together, but he says, look at, look at these things you're still dealing with. And so I say all that to say that, man, when you get to a verse like chapter 103 and you get to verse 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. And then the great part that as far as the east is from the rest, 
as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And so if you ever walk through those valleys where you go, wow, you know, with what I'm walking through, how could, how could God have mercy on me and love me through, through X, Y, and Z? Man, listen, gang. God sent Jesus Christ to this earth to die for our sins so that we could have a relationship with him and we could walk in victory as opposed to being strapped to our sins. And whenever you start walking through a period of life where you go, wow, how can the Lord forgive me for this, this, and this? Gang, that's what Jesus came here for. And he has forgiven you if you have repented of your sin as far as from the east is from the west, and he doesn't hold it against you. And I tell you, man, even as a pastor of a church, it's great to just sit there and go, wow, God forgave me. God doesn't hold all of that junk in my closet against me. But he loves me. How do you know? Because he sent Jesus Christ to die for you. Like, he doesn't hold any of that sin against you. He doesn't, he doesn't do like sometimes we do with people and we hold things against them and we never let them grow past a certain point because we keep reminding them of their faults. You guys sit at Thanksgiving and you have anybody who's growing and being a young adult and isn't it fun to always remind them of all the times they messed up? Like any of you do that with family members? Maybe you don't realize that I'm still in the stage where everybody wants to remind us where we messed up here and there. Like, I have a little brother who's fun to remind him. Hey, hey, remember that time you did this? Yeah, it was real funny. Uh, but listen, gang, God doesn't do that for us. He doesn't go, hey, remember when you first got saved and you really screwed things up? Yeah, you made a mess of it. God doesn't do that. He's forgiven us as far as the east is from the west. And he's more interested in us plowing a straight line going forward than he is at looking back at how we've messed up. And man, that is a lot to be thankful for. And so if you're here on this Thanksgiving weekend and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and you don't understand the forgiveness that I'm talking about, the unconditional love that someone shows you and they're interested in your future as opposed to your past, man, I hope today's the day that you will put your faith in Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and put your faith in his resurrection from the dead and be saved because there is nothing like understanding the forgiveness that we have in Christ and being able to live each day as if it's brand new. Amen? That's some good stuff to be thankful for. And, and I hope that that never grows mundane. Like, I hope that we don't say that and go, oh, yeah, somebody's just thankful for Jesus' forgiveness again. Because it's a big stinking deal, right? That God, every single day, awakens with that fresh sense of forgiveness towards us when we're repentant in our sin. It's incredible. So uh, then I think about um, people who actually live like that. And if you'll go to the book of Colossians chapter 2, you're welcome to turn there or you're welcome just to listen. And I think about the life that people live as a result of being forgiven. Uh, we did a funeral within the last year uh, for a man named Bobby Eubanks. Most of you guys knew him. Uh, one of the things that I'm really grateful for over the last year is Bobby and the life that he led. I only knew him at the end of his life, but all of you that I've talked to have said really high remarks about him because of the Christian faith that he walked out on a daily, on a, excuse me, walked out in daily life each day. And so I just want to go to Colossians chapter two. This is verse one. I'm going to read verse one through seven, and I'm going to read what uh, are some expectations are of us who are in Christ. So Paul says this to the church. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, 
resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself. And so people who understand these things have a rich wealth that comes from understanding, resulting in true knowledge. And so, listen to where I'm going with this. People who understand, not who just have a working knowledge, but somebody who understands something. So when you get out of college, right, and you've, you've trained to be an engineer, you, you understand some book knowledge, right? And then when you grow in your field, then you really begin to understand all of the knowledge that you had. You following me? And so there's a difference between having book knowledge and knowing how something works in real life. And so when somebody realizes in real life that God loves them, that God gave Jesus to die for them, and then Jesus rose from the dead so that they could have eternal life, that their sins have been forgiving, people live differently as a result of that, and Bobby was one of those people. You go, well, how do you know that? You just came, you came late on the scene. Well, I heard all of your stories, right, about Bobby, and then one of the things about Bobby that set him apart from a lot of other people, maybe even you, is that when I showed up to talk to Bobby, Bobby wanted to talk about the things of Christ. He wasn't always interested in the ball game. He wasn't always interested in, in the next hunting or fishing spot. Bobby wanted to talk about Jesus. Bobby wanted to talk about what he had read in the scriptures. Bobby wanted to talk about how I was growing also in the faith. And he was excited when we talked about the things of God. That shows somebody who understands that shows somebody who has a, a maturity and a, and a wisdom about them, about the things of God. And so then it says, in whom, this is verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. For even though I'm absent in body, nevertheless I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Verse 6, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. So brothers and sisters, the thing that I'm grateful for is I'm grateful for church members, Bobby was one of them, who walk firmly in the faith, right? Who are living their lives in understanding of the gospel that changes their life and they live their life in a certain way because of the things that Christ did for them, right? They don't just stamp a fish bumper sticker on the back of their car and then do whatever they want to do, but their life has been changed by the gospel and they, they don't just talk the talk, but they walk the walk too. And then when that person comes to the end of their life, you can be without a shadow of a doubt that they are in glory with Jesus Christ right now. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for those of you who are here. And week by week, month by month, year by year, you're steadfast and you're steady and you're walking out the faith. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that when I go to some of your houses, we talk about how you're growing in the faith. You say things like, thank you. When you said X, Y, or Z, it really made me think, and I changed this, this, and this in my life as a result of that. Man, you don't know what that means as a pastor, where you put hours into delivering something on a Sunday morning, and then somebody actually has the courage to come forward and say, hey, as a result of that, my life changed, and it's been forever changed as a result of it. 
Man, that is cool to know that the Holy Spirit is at, is at work amongst us. And don't be fooled for you to think that I think it's me doing this. This is God working in our midst. But it's neat to know that we're being used by God to further his mission. And so for those of you who are in that boat and you've shared little snippets of me with that, thank you. I cannot tell you how it makes plowing forward as a pastor of a church easier when you know what you're doing is making a difference. Because let me tell you what. The complaints get old sometimes. And if, if you're a complainer and you're here, I love you anyways. Like, I'm grateful for you. I'm not grateful for your complaining, but I'm grateful for you as an individual. But man, the, the little things that you hear here and there, and you may not think anything of them when you say them, but man, they make all of the other stuff that you have to endure worth it. Because people are growing and the gospel is going forth. So thank you. On top of that, uh, kind of stemming from people walking out their faith and, and living a godly life, standing firm in the faith, like this one said, full of gratitude, you kind of transition over to uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. I'm going to tell you a brief story, and hopefully none of this is new news to you, uh, but I'm going to tell you about uh, my neighbor that lives across the street. So I have a family that lives across the street from me. There's two of them. Uh, her name is Ella. His name is Terrence. Okay, Ella and Terrence um, are a black family, and they have a son who is slightly younger than I. His name is Preston, and Preston has uh, some autism. He has a, a mental disability that he works through. And Ella and Terrence both love that boy more than you could imagine. They show him more grace and everything else. Well, uh, Terrence, about four, week, four months ago, uh, had a lot of traffic coming into his house. Somebody pulls in my driveway and says, hey, can you tell me where he lives? And uh, I told him, you know, he lives right across the street. And I said, hey, before you go, why are so many people coming to his house? And the man said, well, he's just been given 30 days to live. I was like, wow, I feel like an idiot because I live across the street from him. And I didn't know that. Uh, and so I go over to his house after the traffic subsides. And I find that it's actually a rumor. He doesn't have 30 days to live, but he's got a bad tumor that's cancerous. And they're waiting to do treatments on it for it to shrink. And then they're going to do surgery and take the tumor out. So he says, I'm going to be fine. I've got a lot longer to live if everything goes according to plan. So over the course of the last four months, his health has been waning. He's been doing worse and worse. We've seen, as we've talked to him, and we've seen more and more uh, hospital-type vehicles come by, we realize that he's doing bad. And then we find out that uh, he's on hospice. Well... Jesse comes to my office, and uh, I see her get out of the car and walk in, and I thought, wow, she is on a mission. Um, I, I'm trying to go through the list of things that I may have done wrong before I left the house, and I think, wow, she's, she's got, she has got something to say. I don't know what it is. And she comes in, and she says, she says, Ella has died. And I said, Ellen died? And I, she said, no, 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 Ella. I said, Ellen died? You, if you're from around here, you know that Ellen uh, loves on all of our kids and keeps the nursery most of the time. And I thought it was her that had passed away. She said, no, Ella across the street died. And so our neighbor across the street on Tuesday-ish passed away. Well, Sunday, before that, her mother had passed away. So Sunday, her mother passed away. Tuesday, she passed away. And in the mix of all of this stuff, we found out that her husband, who was on hospice, uh, if he makes it through today, they were going to be really grateful. And so the whole family has passed away over Thanksgiving week. And it's an absolute tragedy. Uh, but I tell you, as I was thinking about things that I was thankful for, uh, I'm always grateful at the neat way that that family took care of the boy. Before mom died, before Ella passed away, she got some affairs in order. 
And she got a hold of one of her sons. And she said, you take care of Preston. And so it was almost as if she, she knew how life was going. And she got her last affairs in order before she passed away. And so that family always took such great care of that boy. And it was amazing. And if, if you've ever been around someone who's autistic, someone who has a mental uh, disability, uh, it takes a lot. It's very, it'll wear you down keeping up with them because they don't always know the social cues that everybody else knows. And it can be quite a job. It's something that you definitely need to pray for anybody uh, who loves someone on a normal basis in that mental condition because I know that it can be tough on you physically and mentally. And so there would be days where I would see the family leave and they'd be back in 30 minutes. They'd just take a lot of 30-minute trips. And I'd go, wow, that's strange. And so one day I was like, hey, where'd you guys go? And uh, Dad, uh, Terrence, he said, oh, Preston likes tacos, so we just ran to Taco Bell. I thought, man, that's really cool how they just up and take the boy to Taco Bell because he likes tacos. And so it got me thinking about Terrence is, is, is going to pass away soon. And I was grateful for his friendship. And over in the book of Matthew chapter 7. So we're, we're going somewhere with all of this. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 7 verse 9 says this. Or what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he not, will he give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? I'm going to read it one more time because I've, I've butchered it a little bit. Or what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish will not give him a snake, will he? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask of him? And so in thinking about Terrence and in thinking about this story about Jesus, um, one day we were reading, a, a, it's called the Big Picture Story Bible. Right, And we're reading it with our kids before they go to bed. And we just passed the section about God creating everything. We passed the section about Adam and Eve being in the garden. We passed the section about Adam and Eve eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they go to bed. And then the next day we read the next chapter, which talks about life after sin. And the caption said, Adam and Eve ruled the world in evil ways. And I was like, whoa, time out. That's messed up. I got to thinking about it, and I got to thinking about how that jived with the rest of the theological knowledge that I have, and I got to thinking about it and thinking about it, and the more I thought about it, the less I liked it, but the more I knew that it was true, and it was a theological fact, that after Adam and Eve sinned, their flesh was evil, and they ruled the earth in evil ways, right? Because whether you know this or not, you and I are born with something called sin. We're born into sin. And the only reason we're forgiven of it is because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And God gives us a new heart, but our flesh is still evil. You following me? Okay, this is just a short snippet. And so there are times where we, we intend to do good, but we do evil instead. Now, I know that you and I don't like the word evil. It doesn't sit well with us. But sin is evil. And when we do sinful things, that's evil. And so Adam and Eve truly did rule the world in evil ways. And he says, hey, listen, all of you fathers who are evil, right, we don't like the way that sits. That's meant to get your attention. Even you being evil, when your son asks for a bread, you don't give him a stone. And when he asks for a, a, something, a fish, you don't give him a snake, right? Right? So recognizing that we're evil, that we do good things toward our children. Then he says this, and this is at the end of the section. He says, if you then being evil... You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask Him? And I was thinking about all of those times that Terrence went to Taco Bell 
for Preston because he's a evil father just like I'm an evil father. But he wanted to do good to his children, so he takes him to Taco Bell because he loves tacos. Hey, when Terrence dies and the clouds are rolled back and he goes to heaven, his father is going to give him so many more good gifts than he ever gave his child. And that should be encouraging to each of you. Because when you're doing good things to your neighbors who have been flooded out, and when you go to bed exhausted because you've been feeding people here at the church, and when you give sacrificially out of your bank account to help people rebuild their homes that have been flooded, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to those around you, you rest assured that your day is coming where the Father is going to roll back heaven and He's going to give good gifts to you also. And so, brothers and sisters, I am grateful for those of you who... Uh, who represent and you carry out faithfulness and you carry out sacrificial giving and you do all of these things i'm excited that folks like bobby and folks like terrence folks who love the lord with all their heart soul mind and strength i'm grateful that one day when it's all over and said and done you can take to the bank that your father is going to give you good things i'm grateful for that over thanksgiving because that is one of the things that makes life easy to keep going on because you know that god rewards those who are faithful and so in saying that, there's a, there's a ton of other uh, things that aren't as lengthy to say thank, thank you for. But, uh, man, I tell you, I'm terribly thankful for the Baptist men. And I'm not talking about just our group of Baptist men here at the church. But when you think about our town, I think our town would still be in real bad shape if it weren't for the Baptist men. And even if we managed to clean up the town ourselves, we would be half dead by now if we did it all ourselves. It was nice to have the reinforcements come in and help us out. Uh, I think we'd be in tough shape. Um, I want to tell you something else. And this is, uh, don't take this the wrong way, okay? So like if you're going to listen over the next two minutes, make sure you listen to the whole two minutes and not just a little snippet of it, okay? So don't misquote me out in town. So over the last year, I've, I follow up with all of the people who visit our church, okay? It's just something that I like to do. I want to make sure that things went well for them. I want to make sure that everybody was nice to them. I want to make sure that they know their way around if they come again. And so one of the things in making conversation with some of our guests over the last year, okay? This is a year's worth of guests. I want you to know something that all of our guests have in common, right? And I don't want to make any of them feel uncomfortable. Most of the people that visit our church are scared to death when they come. You go, what in the world do you mean scared to death? I mean that whatever our reputation is, it makes people nervous to come and visit us for the first time, right? That's not a condemnation. That's just observation out of talking to all of the guests who have come. Now, here's the good news. This is what I'm grateful for. Everybody who has visited has said, man, I was really scared to come for the first time. But once I came, wow, was everything that I had ever heard or thought wrong. You guys are great folks. I'm not saying that to pat us all on the back, but there's a, there's a little bit of back padding going on here for you guys, okay? And so I'm grateful that we are beating back whatever reputation we have, and the reputation we have going forward is a good one, okay? Because when people come, they go, it's not what I was expecting, it's better. And a lot of them have stayed and trickle in and out, okay? So I'm grateful that the Lord is choosing to use us in town, and our reputation is getting better and better and better as each year goes forward. That's really good news. Um, I want to also tell you, thank you, and I'm not going to be real lengthy with this, uh, over in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 18.22, says this, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Um, 
Some of you think that I went to marriage counseling last week. That's wrong. Uh, my wife and I went to a marriage conference. There's a big difference. Uh, neither one is bad, but uh, we enjoyed ourselves and we got away and we went to a marriage conference. And I just wanted to tell you guys that uh, I'm uh, overwhelmingly grateful for my wife day in and day out for sticking with me. Uh, men, we are difficult to live with sometimes. And before you ladies get high and mighty, y'all are tough sometimes too. Um, but listen, I am thankful for my wife for sticking by me uh, through thick and thin. Uh, there's times where, you know, you, you just get tired and you get worn down. Uh, but she does a great job of making our house a home and making it a place of rest. And uh, I wouldn't be able to do near the things that I do here if it weren't for her keeping up with a million more things behind the scenes uh, that get taken for granted. And uh, men, if any of you are successful in the things that you do, um, you probably should be the same amount grateful for your wives uh, because the statement is true that behind every successful man is, a, is an even better woman. And so uh, thank you. I love you. And uh, you guys should definitely take a break during lunch and tell your wives thank you also uh, because I know some of y'all, you got good wives too. Amen? All right, and then um, the last thing that I want to comment on, and this is just by way of application for being uh, thankful. So it's God's will that we go through our life being thankful and giving thanksgiving to God. One of the keys to, to living a, a life filled with thanksgiving is serving others instead of serving yourself, okay? What do I mean by that? What I mean is that if you're here at all and your life is only about you, probably difficult to live a, a thankful life because you're you're keeping up with the joneses and you're in the midst of the rat race trying to keep up with what everybody else has and it's impossible to keep up chasing the image that other people have and what other people think of you okay the key to living a, a thankful life a life full of thanksgiving is serving others if you'll stop serving yourself and you'll get in the mode of serving others you will realize how much indeed you do have. When you start serving others and you start putting others' needs and wants before your own, you realize that you have a world of things that you can be grateful for and that you should be grateful for. But if life is only about you, you miss those things. And so, brothers and sisters, let's be a church. Let's be people who are serious about serving others and when you do so, it's almost selfish to serve others because you get so much more in return. It doesn't make sense, though. It's, it's bad math, but it's a fact. There's so much joy and contentment and peace and all of these godly attributes that come when we simply stop doing for ourselves and do for others. And so, guys, I want you to know that um, as your pastor, I love you all. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, and I, I can't thank you enough uh, for being as good to me as you are. Uh, because it makes it easy for me to, in turn, hopefully, uh, be good to you. So, I love you. I hope you have a great holiday season. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. This is not a goodbye. Don't worry. I'll be with you next week. Uh, but let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank Him one more time for all the good things in life. Father, once again, we come to you. And we love you. And we thank you for being so good to us. Lord, we thank you that while we were stuck and trapped in our sin... At the right time, you sent Jesus Christ to go to the cross for us. And when we didn't even want it, when we didn't acknowledge it, he died. And he rose again, beating death. And Father, I thank you for each of us who have put our faith in you for the eternal life that we have. Father, I thank you for forgiveness of our sins. Father, I thank you for the victory that you allow us to walk in now. 
Lord, if there's anyone here who's not put their faith in you, Lord, I pray that today would be the day they do it. I pray that they would experience this forgiveness we've talked about. I pray that they would uh, have eternal life stamped on their heart. And Father, I pray for each of us that we would not live lives geared towards serving ourselves, but that we would be a body whose main focus is serving others. And Father, I pray that in all things that we would be overwhelmed with thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for all you do, and thank you for all that you are. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you would stand with us for our hymn of invitation. Well, again, it was good to see you guys this week. I hope that uh, the Lord blesses you in the week to come. I just want to remind you to uh, read over the bulletin, read through the uh, church emails that we're sending out so that you can uh, keep up to date with the things that are going on in the church. I do know that uh, James has got some fun things in store uh, for everyone that comes this Friday to our ugly sweater party. I love you guys. Look forward to the things God's got in store for us. And I'm going to ask Dr. Tarkington if you'd close us in prayer.